Hello and welcome back to the How to Become a Doctor podcast. I'm Lucy, a fourth year medical student at the University of Cambridge, and on this podcast we bring you all the information we wish we knew when applying to medicine. You're interviewing inspiring guests in the healthcare world and talking to organisations including the King's Fund and GMC who will share our experiences and teach you how to become a doctor. As always, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at How to Become a Doctor with Doctor Spelt DR to keep up to date with everything we're doing. So, without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another excellent episode. So, today I'm joined by the lovely Dr. Nandi. I'll just ask her to introduce herself before we begin. Hi, my name's uh, Rima Nandi. I'm a paediatric anaesthetist and I've been a consultant at Great Ormond Street Hospital for quite a long time now, for 16 years. And I find it, still find it a very interesting and stimulating job. And I'm very happy to be talking about it. So for our listeners that perhaps don't know what anaesthetics is, would you mind just giving us a quick overview about what that involves? So anaesthetics, I think, is a bit of a Cinderella kind of area in medicine. I think it can often be underestimated because we tend to be quite background people making things happen and we don't have a lot of direct contact with conscious patients and so we're not appreciated for what we do and often often actually people don't know that we're doctors at all and how long the training is and how complex and multifaceted our jobs actually are they'll say things like oh you just put someone to sleep But actually what we do is keep people alive while surgeons do quite extraordinary things to people. And the whole practice of anaesthesia is rather incredible that you can give a person a drug and you can render them unconscious and you can do so many things to them and you can wake them up and they can be, if you've done a good job, they can be completely fine at the end of it. So it's quite an extraordinary process that um, has only relatively recently been well understood. Yeah, I think it's interesting how whenever you watch something that's of a medical drama on television, the anaesthetist is always portrayed as this person that just sits next to the patient and, as you said, just puts them to sleep. And I think when I started my clinical placements, I sort of that, that whole stereotype was thrown because the anaesthetists are doing so much more than than just you know putting the patient to sleep as you said so my next question I guess would be what makes paediatric anaesthetics different to anaesthesia in normal adults so I think paediatric anaesthesia is not only one thing because physiology changes hugely so you have a newborn baby that has a very particular physiology that is very much in transition and it's changing all the time, almost on a day-to-day basis. And then you have a six-month-old that is quite different to a one-year-old that is quite different to a five-year-old. So you have to be very cognizant of that change in physiology and pharmacology and pharmacokinetics Mm -hmm. over that whole time. And that makes it very interesting and potentially challenging and and different to adult anaesthesia. Okay, so is it like I don't know, you know what does it happen during 
a procedure. So say you've got an, a neonate. I was talking to and this is recently about this sort of sliding scale between sedation and complete sort of unconsciousness. And how do you control that with a, a child, even an adult, when you don't know their, their physiology, I guess, and how they're going to react towards the drug? So I think for a neonate, it can be very difficult. Mm. Uh, we use a, lo a lot of the same parameters that you do in older children and adults, so sort of looking at heart rate and blood pressure and all that kind of stuff to gauge their level of consciousness. But the, there are other monitors like looking at EEGs and BIS monitors, but yeah. those things are not validated in neonates and people don't really know. No. And I think neonatal consciousness is something that is still kind of rather controversial. Yeah. Even 30 years ago, people thought that neonates, very young babies didn't feel pain or the fact that they didn't remember it meant that it didn't matter. Mm. So all those things have changed a lot. And I think you still give quite generous doses of anesthetics on a just in case basis. Yeah, okay. So how did you end up deciding to do paediatric anaesthetics? Was it paediatrics that you were interested in or was it anaesthetics first? I was actually interested in doing general medicine. Okay. And when, I, when I did my training, we, it, it wasn't formalised in the way that it is now with SHO rotations and SPR. You basically did a job, halfway through you opened the BMJ and thought, oh, what shall I do next? Yeah. And I thought I'd like to do medicine, maybe cardiology or respiratory medicine. And then someone said, oh, do a bit of anesthetics because that's good for resuscitation and understanding physiology, which yeah. are the things I found interesting. So I applied for both types of jobs and it happened that the job I got first was anesthetics. Okay. And then I really enjoyed that. And as I got into it, I was very fearful of anesthetizing children and small babies and I thought I needed to get over that so I decided to do pediatrics because I was very worried about anesthetizing small people and then I found that it was really fun and quite challenging and there are lots of differences sort of interacting with children and their families you've got more than one patient I think you have to remember that you've got mm. to look after the parents and guardians as well and I think people were gentler in pediatric anesthesia they appeared to be very thoughtful and very kind and very caring and that was quite attractive and to be part of that and to be part of that world felt felt very good and very nice I think yeah and now you've been working as a consultant for 16 years. I was wondering if you could just explain what is it like day to day working in this field? So what I really like about it is that it's very varied. Uh, so I get to work with lots of different surgeons, lots of different surgical teams. I get to know about lots of different kinds of surgery and lots of different pathologies in children. And so that makes it... It, it, it keeps it very interesting and uh, very fresh every day. And it feels like there's always something to learn and there's always something unusual happening yeah. to get around. And I think that's the key to keep it 
stimulating and, and enjoyable for me. Yeah, and within surgery, when you've got all these machines and all of these like things going in and out of patients, what is it actually that you're controlling as an anaesthetist? Okay, so when you anaesthetize a child, usually culturally, you usually give them aesthetic gas to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they gradually become unconscious and then you monitor all their vital signs and then you, you need to get IV access mm-hmm. so that you can give drugs intravenously for analgesia and nausea and for any other sort of supportive medication and fluids mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, but it, it, it starts before that, assessing yeah. the patient and their suitability for anesthesia and surgery. And also supporting the parents and their preparedness for the surgery and the, you know, quite big upheavals that that could potentially have. So it's that. And then the actual conduct of the anaesthetic itself, giving the drugs, it's technically very challenging to, in small babies, to get IV access, to get arterial lines in and all that kind of stuff. You have to be very precise with your dosing. And unlike uh, in adults where there tends to be more standard doses for every adult, whatever size they are, in children, we work everything out on a per kilo basis. And sometimes it changes depending on the age of the child as well. So there's all those kind of things to, to consider. And then monitoring and then being aware of what are the normal parameters in different age groups and what you have to aim for. And then waking them up afterwards and children have, particularly small children and babies have a lot less reserve. So you tend to have to get things more precisely correct. So you can get into trouble quite easily and it can be difficult. Can be more, the, the margin for error, I would say, tends to be less in a small baby than in a, in a larger child or in, in a, a fit and well adult. Yeah. So is there anything that being an anaesthetist allows you to do outside of the theatre as well? Yeah. So there are lots of different things. As you sort of said, anaesthetics is a massive area. And in paediatric, you know, anaesthetics outside paediatrics also involves obstetric anaesthesia, and that's, again, a very different kind of area, involves covering emergencies and resuscitation intensively yeah. as well. But in paediatric anaesthesia outside, I think there's a lot of preoperative assessment of children yeah. to make sure that they're adequately prepared for theatre, that the families are adequately prepared and they know what to expect and they know what's going to happen afterwards. And that's a huge growth area at the moment, preparing children and families properly. And I think as an anaesthetist, you get a unique overview of operating theatres because you work with so many different surgeons and different physicians as well. And you have to work very well with other team members to make it work. And then so it becomes almost a natural area to move into, which is management, sort of managing operating theatres and Mm -hmm. trying to improve utilisation and efficiency and just good use of operating time, which is a very, very valuable resource. And I think anaesthetists can have a big role in that area as well. 
And then there's you know, areas of educating other anaesthetists as well. And research is a whole different area as well. Yeah, a whole extra ballpark, I was going to say. There's plenty. There's plenty of opportunities and yeah. there's kind of lots of different directions that you could go in after a while. It's being anaesthetist, not just being in theatre. So has, do you think the paediatric anaesthesia has changed much since when you started 16 years ago? Yeah, a lot. I think, well, I think medicine has changed hugely. I think when I first qualified, we were working very long hours and we had a very huge responsibility when we were really rather inexperienced. Yeah we were not really empowered to say that we were not comfortable to do things or we didn't feel confident or adequately trained. Mm. We just kind of got on with things. And I think there was less accountability as well. Whereas now I think it's much better. It's much more normal for people to say, I'm not familiar with this or I haven't done enough of this. I need some assistance. So I think there's much more focus on that kind of safety culture and anesthetics has been very a leading area for safety and it's it's incredibly safe as a specialty so I think we've done very well to embrace those kind of things I think there's much more emphasis on team working and understanding that good outcomes for patients depends on people working really well together yeah. from different specialties and different areas everyone has to respect each other and talk to each other and work together to make sure that what happens to the patient is the best possible thing and I don't think that was really there so much 20 years ago when I qualified. Yeah. I think it can still be the case even now uh, you sort of expect you to do things that you don't necessarily feel that you're most confident at doing like it's very difficult to know whether the patient would benefit more from maybe not being seen as quickly as they might have been if you, even though you're less experienced, did it straight away. It's a real tricky thing to juggle. So I think that's definitely a really positive aspect of life as a paediatric anaesthetist. But is there anything that you don't like about the specialty? Uh, yes, yes, there are things. I think it's quite difficult that you don't have your own patient, that you're always providing a service for someone else. So if you do your job well, actually people don't remember who you are because you've kind of come in, you've anesthetized a child and they've woken up and they're comfortable and, and people don't give you a second thought, which is kind of what you're hoping for, but also a little bit, you know, it's a little bit sad that nobody remembers you and you don't, I think, develop a relationship or it's difficult to have the same kind of rapport as surgeons do. I think that's a little bit tricky. I think, I think all the, the issues for me come from around being a service provider. So I have to be available when the surgeon wants. I, I essentially making life possible for the surgeon. Yeah. And accepting that that is your role, is that you're facilitating somebody else's, what they're doing is, is can be a bit tricky. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to be a certain kind of person. 
I've witnessed encounters where anesthetists maybe find that difficult. And then that those relationships can be not ideal. Yeah, I can imagine it can become quite strained, to say the least. I guess on the, on the other hand, without this, I know you say that you're a service provider, but it's such an essential service. Like, yeah. If you weren't there, then as the surgery couldn't happen. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's something that surgeons maybe need to be mindful yeah. of as well. And, you know, sometimes there's conflict as, as well because the surgeon is very keen to do their operation and anesthetists are often looking at the bigger picture of, you know, and there might be other things going on as well that might not make it as easy for the surgeon as they would like at times. Although I would say we always do our best to make sure that everyone does what, it, what is necessary. Yeah. I think the, the other thing to say is it can be quite boring. Yeah. Because it is very safe. We are very good at what we do. If you've assessed the child properly, you know what you understand what the risks are. Often the risks are not very high. And if you're doing a long procedure, it can be quite straightforward. But I would say there are plenty of times when it's not like that, which balances things out. Yeah. So what do you think the biggest lesson you've learned in your career so far is? I think the biggest lesson is that teamworking and nurturing good working relationships is the most important thing to make sure teams work well and to make sure everyone gets the best out of everything. I think when I was younger, it was more about the more exams you had, the more papers that you'd read, the more books that you knew, those things, you know, the academic side of things was really, for me, always the most important thing. Mm. And of course, that stuff is important. It's, yeah. it's very important. But one shouldn't underestimate the importance of working together as a team and making sure that everybody is heard and that everybody has a common goal and understands each other and is working towards that together. Um, I think I've been really lucky because I love my job and even after all this time, I always get up in the morning and I'm very happy to go to work. And I think I'm really lucky. So I think if you can find that as well, if you can find something that you do that you really love every day, that's makes everything a whole lot better yeah there's that old idiom isn't it yeah if you love your job you'll never work a day in your life I think that's really really true and I think it's to do with how you look at it as well there's usually positives that can be found and they're usually things that you can do to make your day better yeah okay so to bring our episode to a close then do you have any advice for students wanting to pursue paediatric anaesthetics or anaesthetics in general? Well, I would recommend it. I think anaesthetics is a great career choice because it's so varied. There's so many different areas that you can choose. It involves understanding physiology and pharmacology and anatomy and all that kind of stuff. I think find the thing that you really enjoy and pursue that. 
And if it's anesthetics, then there are lots of different aspects of that that you can throw yourself into. I think pediatric anesthesia is quite particular because you have more than one patient. You have challenges of physiology and pharmacology that are a bit different. Having said that, anesthetizing a healthy child is actually much easier than anesthetizing lots of adults with comorbidities. Yeah. You know, it's just what you're used to. And I think just, just finding what you like is, is the important thing and enjoying what you do. Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you so, so much. Thank you. That was really fun. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did find it helpful, please do share this podcast with others who may also benefit. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at how to become a doctor with Dr. Spell DR for exclusive quizzes, behind the scenes content, and to stay up to date with all things how to become a doctor.